In today's show, we're recapping the action from Monday in the NBA, including Marvin Bagley starting. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got seven games for us to talk about. We're going to look at some waiver wire moves as well. Some news. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> okay. Jaron Jackson's back, guys. He's playing tomorrow, most likely. He's intending to play. And if someone's intending to play, they're going to play. So he is going to return. Obviously, you can drop your Santiago Dahmer. You could have dropped him last week. Don't expect much from Jaron first time back. 20 minutes, 18 minutes, poor shooting nights. Don't be surprised if he has six and two with a block and a three. Like, don't be surprised, but don't panic. He's back. It's not like the last time when he came back in March. He's back. It's not even the end of November. It's not even the 20th of November. It's the middle of November. You could have got him for an absolute steal in drafts. There was uncertainty. We knew that. But when you, if you got him a pick 100, I think you're going to be laughing. It's great, great news. If you drafted Jaron Jackson, I did in some leagues and I'm happy. In others, I didn't. But it's a risk you have to take. And you've got to balance that with other risks that you take in your draft. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate will be out another three weeks. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Now, really all I have to say about this is that, look, that that's fine. He's out. He's not a factor in 12 or 14 team leagues. But like you, you tweet this information out and you say, oh, he's out two to three more weeks. And then people respond in the most bizarre ways. And I'm sorry if the person who responded this way to this tweet is watching or listening to this show, but I think it's important to note every time. Like you tweet this out and they go, yes, it's Tari Eason season. Like what? Like literally nothing has changed from last game or the game before or the game before that or the game before that or any of the games that Tate didn't play this season, which is basically 10 out of however many games they've played. I think he's played twice this season or three times. But this happens all the time. Like Tate is out for two or three months. Oh, who's the pickup? Actually, nobody. Because it's exactly the same situation that we just had happening. Like nothing has changed with their rotation. And before we make bold proclamations or bold moves based on what we think is changing, just have a look. Like what actually changes from what happened the game prior in this sort of a situation? Because we all do it, some more so than others, but could be prone to going a little bit too quick and thinking this is some big change when it literally just means, oh, what's actually been happening is just going to keep happening and it doesn't change anything. We'll talk about the Rockets game later on. On the Bucks side of things, 
Middleton and Connaughton is still progressing. Apparently, Connaughton's rehab and Middleton went a little bit slower than expected. There is still a chance they return this week, but it's not going to be. Well, it wasn't today, obviously. It's not going to be Wednesday, most likely. It could be. It could be Friday, but it is going a little bit slower than the Bucks would have hoped, which is it's not ideal, obviously. Let's have a look over the last 24 hours at the most added and the most dropped players in fantasy basketball. Number one was Killian Hayes. He rose 54% because the previous two games, he'd played 34 and 35 minutes. He didn't today, and that was a little bit of a worry with Alec Burks returning as to how much that would uh, impact him. Alec Burke. But, you know, there is still some value in Hayes as long as Cunningham's out for assists and steals. That's it. That's all you rely upon him for. Goldfinger Charlie Bassey up 37% and Jeremy Sohan up 24%. Zohan now! Obvious ads, five-game week. Let's roll them. Let's see what happens. Norm Powell up 26%. Makes sense for today, along with Reggie Jackson up 13% with Kawhi and John Wall out. Longer term, I'm not really sure there. Javon Carter up 19%. Well, it wasn't him today, was it? It was another nondescript random guard who went bananas, but with Drew Holiday sideline, with Middleton sideline, Javon was worth a stream. Grant Williams up 18%. That was chasing last game, I think. He was still got the sort of minutes, but not really. And really, the big games he's had is when Horford's been out. And when he's sort of playing with Horford and Brown and Tatum, um, he goes a little bit missing. I think he's still a fringe 12-team league guy. While the wiki Chris Boucher are 15%, he's a clear rosterable player in all leagues at this point. But when we talk about the Raptors later on, you'll see everyone's out. Like, there's just so many people out. And when they all come back, every one of them chips a little bit away from what Boucher does and some of the other big performers today as well. The most dropped players on the waiver wire, Cam Thomas down 16%. I can 100% get behind that. Although, I will say that the fact that the Nets play tomorrow with only five games on, maybe he is worth holding. But if we're looking longer term, yeah, he's got no value long term. Dennis Smith down 10%. Lamelo's back. He played 34 minutes today. Yeah, Smith Smith can go. Walker Kessler down 10%. I guess it's the minutes, but he still blocked three shots and had nine rebounds yesterday. But yeah, the minutes does limit him. He's a block specialist. Jordan Goodwin down 9% is interesting. Yes, I know Beal is likely to return next game. Um, but Goodwin's playing well. Whether he can maintain 20-plus minutes, I don't really know, especially with Barton and Kispert and Morris and all these guys in the, in the way. So I do get it, but... I probably would have held. I would have held Malik Monk as well, who's down 8%. Absolutely no problem in dropping Ayo Desumu, who's down 8%. He's only got two games this week and he's struggling. Trey Mann down 7 Easiest drop. Why was he rostered in 7% of leagues? I don't know. Easy drop. And Tyus Jones with Ja Morant back, you drop him as well. They're easy decisions. The ones I really probably disagree with the most here are Monk, maybe Goodwin, maybe Kessler. But I'm not that big on Kessler. I think Kessler's upside is pretty limited, at least in the short term. I don't really see him getting to playing this huge role at any point soon because of the way that the Jazz um, rotation is set up. But if you're sitting here and sweating on the return of all the big minutes for Walker Kessler, I've got some news for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the product that stops excessive sweating. If you're like old mate Christopher, who wears his sweaters in the summer in Texas, says he wears his sweater every day to school, even in that hot Texas summers, does Texas schools, do they go in summer? Don't think so, do they? I'm calling shenanigans on that. But regardless, if you've got problems with sweating, Sweatblock is the answer. Because with one wipe of the Sweatblock wipes, bang, you are covered seven days. No more sweating, no more embarrassing stains, no more embarrassing odor. 
And we all know either that has happened to ourselves or someone that we know and love. And it's an embarrassing problem. Your body sweats. All right, deal with it. That doesn't mean society deals with it that well. And it is an embarrassing problem, but you can fix it with Sweatblock. Sweatblock was invented by a doctor guaranteed to work. Or if it doesn't work, you don't pay. That is what they call the creatively named dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It doesn't get more straightforward than that. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweating or odor, try Sweatblock risk-free today. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rocket Money. You've got subscriptions. We all have subscriptions. Whatever it is, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu. Um, they're, they're all TV things, but you know, there's lots of different subscriptions that we have. I have wine subscriptions and beer subscriptions and I have whiskey subscriptions, a lot of alcohol subscriptions. But sometimes we don't keep track of them all. I actually found mine the other day. I had two subscriptions to Paramount+. Plus. What's going on here? But if I had Rocket Money, I could have easily got, gone in there, found that and saved that extra money. 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about. The app, Rocket Money app, shows your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you didn't know that you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it can save you hundreds a year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Okay. I think it's time for us to go into the the first game of the day. Let's do it. It is the Charlotte Hornets at the Orlando Magic. Oh, 112 Charlotte, 105 Orlando. It wasn't really that close. Bit of a late flurry from Orlando gets them back into it. Let's talk about the encouraging things from Charlotte here. LaMelo Ball played 34 minutes in his second game back. He's still not all the way back. But I don't actually care because the minutes are great. The 17-4-9 is good. The 32% shooting will come up. We're just happy to have him back. That's simple as that. That's awesome. Awesome that he is back. PJ Washington Jr. There were people that absolutely shit themselves. Oh my God, LaMelo's back. He's never going to touch the ball. Yeah, nah. Uh, 14-6-5 in 36 minutes on 46% shooting. He is just never going to be a high field goal percentage guy. And he is never going to be consistent, I don't think. But he remains a must-roster player, PJ does. Again, stop trying. We, we as a general fantasy community, try and out-rationalize ourselves. Well, Lamelo's back, so now he's not going to touch it. Then you have the other side of the coin go, well, Lamelo's back, so now he's going to get all these easy lobs. So it's going to be way different. When in reality, I don't know if that changes too much. And we try to over-analyze those sort of things when the things we should be analyzing on, we don't focus on as much. Like, hey, this bloke is shooting 8% on his mid-ranges. It's probably going to come up. I wonder who I'm talking about. We'll figure that out later on when we get to that game. Um, but PJ played 36 minutes. There are also some people who think that Kelly Oubre might stick in the starting lineup over PJ Washington. I think absolutely not. But I guess we'll find out when Gordon returns, if he ever does. Um, the Cockroach, Mason Plumley, 18 and 10, three steals and a block, 89% and hit both his free throws. Wow. Um, I never thought I'd be in a situation where I'd be saying Mason Plumley is a 12-team league guy. But you know what? Mason Plumley is a 12-team league guy, and I can't believe it. In a points league, absolutely, right? No problem. That's easy. We knew Steve Clifford was going to rely heavily on mediocre veterans. He's done it. There's going to be some low-minute games. There's going to be inconsistency. You're going to have to deal with bad free throws. But the cockroach is here, and he's not going away. Rogier had 17-3-2, maybe spoiling a little bit of the buy-low show tomorrow, but he's a buy-low. And then uh, Jalen McDaniels, only 26 minutes. That is not going to get better when... Um, Who's the player? Gordon Hayward returns. 
I think he's more of a 14-team league guy. Like 10 and 4 with a steal and two blocks for Jalen McDaniels is good. That's good. It's not, not debatable. But it's not realistic to have him do that every single game. More of a 12, or sorry, 14-team league guy. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, played 25 minutes. 14 points, two steals, two threes, perfect shooting. He got the minutes because Den Smith was out. But the fact that he played 25 means that maybe Smith could play 25. I doubt it, but maybe he could. Because they just said to the librarian, James Booknight, A, get out of here. B, also get out of here. And C, like, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out of here. He only played four minutes and he remains a horrendous lottery pick from last season. There was, remember, Thunder fans, if you're listening, were you one of the Thunder fans that was clamoring for Booknight to go at six and then was disappointed when you took Giddy? Whew. All right. On to the Orlando Magic. They're still without Paulo Bunkero and Cole Anthony and Michael Fultz and Gary Harris and Lord Voldemort and Mo Wagner. They're all out. So much like with some of the other games we're going to talk about, it's really hard to dig into what the hell's going on here. But I'll tell you what I do know. Wendell Carter Jr. is really good. 20 and 5, three threes, two blocks. Shout out Jim Boylan for screwing up this guy's career. And then the Bulls trading him and the pick that turned out to be Franz Wagner and another future first-round pick for Nikola Vucevic. When I could argue that Carter's better than Vuce as we speak. Um, yeah, good for you. Wendell looks great at the moment. Top 50 player this season. Really good numbers. Taking advantage of some of these absences here, of course. Well, Bol Bol, 31 minutes, 14 and 9, two threes, two blocks. He'd been shooting at like an insane rate. It fell away, but we don't care. I still don't know what's going to happen when one, two, three, four rotation players return, not including Voldemort. Like, but we just roll with it. Got 22 minutes out of Muhammad Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. 22 minutes, 14, 11 with a block. I mean, cool, but also not cool. Not interested at all. It's just because Paolo is out. I'm not even bothering. Maybe streaming, but that's it. He's, he's up and down. Well, Wagner had 23, 6, and 3. Strong game from him. Jalen Suggs, look, that's brutal. 10% shooting is brutal. He still had four rebounds, seven assists, one steal, and a block. And prior today, he was top 90 over the last week. Now, this obviously drops him way down. He's still 155th over the course of the season. He's going to have a lot of shooting woes, and you've got to balance that out. But it's 30 minutes. He's been getting good assists. Defensive numbers are strong. You've got to balance whether it makes sense in your team. I think it does for the vast majority. And when I say someone's a must-add or a pro-lead or a guy you want to look at, it means you go look at him and go, let's default to yes, adding him, unless it just completely doesn't make sense on your team. That's, that's how I look at that. Like, Let's see if it makes sense. But we need to really focus on looking at this guy. And I think that's where Sugg sits. Hampton had 10 points in 10 minutes. Well, Chumura KK, 10 points as well with a steal and a block. He's at least a steal streamer with all of these absences. But it's not going to be um, it's not going to be anything long-term, I don't think. Is there anything else for us to talk about in that game? I reckon that might do it because I've got to take a big breath because we've got the next game. Are you ready? It is the Toronto Raptors and the Detroit Pistons. The Raptors win 115-111. But how much to take from the Raptors side, I don't know. Siakam was out, and he's going to be out at least another week, probably. Achua is out, and we may be talking a month there. That's fine. Fred Van Vliet was also out with an illness, and Gaz Trent was out with hip soreness. So, their guards were down to Delano Banton and, I guess, Scotty Barnes. Banton played 25 minutes, had 27-4-4, four four, three steals, two blocks, three threes, which is undeniably an amazing game. But, there's a big but coming. Does he play 25 minutes when Van Vliet and Trent play? And the answer is going to be a strong, hardcore no. Does he get 36% usage 
when even one of those guys is back? And the answer is a strong no. Does he shoot this well when he's not up against the worst team in basketball? The answer is, again, a strong no. Watch when we come back tomorrow, when we look at the most added players. Delano Banton, I'm pretty sure, is going to be on that list. And it's going to be like the last time everyone chased Christian Coloco. I do not think it is worth a 12-team league ad. If you can go back in time, Gray's Almanac style, and add him before today, then it's an awesome ad. That's great. What a move that is from you. Wow, how did you see the future? But there's just so much here. Career best scoring night, by the way. Insane usage. Even only 25 minutes, despite everyone being out, he did have some foul trouble. But it's just not a realistic expectation, I don't think, for Banton every night. And that's how I'd like to, if I'm you know, balancing who do I add, how do I use my streaming spot, you know, how many ads do I have this week, does it make sense? To me, it doesn't with him. But again, this is it's your team's. And if you look at Banton and go, well, you figured it out, Josh. I think he's really good. And he's going to find a way to cut into these minutes of these players. Or you think that Trent is going to be out long-term or Van Vliet's going to be out long-term. Um, then do it. Me, I will not be. The wiki Chris Boucher that I will. 20 and 4, 31 minutes. There's going to be ups and downs. There's no debating that. I would much rather have him over Banton though. Thad Young is also, I think, worth a short-term stream as the starting center with Coloco out of favor. Only had six points, but six rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. That has much more chance of sticking than what Banton did, I think. Um, ready for a hot take? I don't know how hot it's going to be. How spicy should it be? I've got a little lighter here. Maybe I'll there for you, like a little hot take. Should I bring it on the screen? Nah, well, let's leave it off. Ojanobi's the best defensive player that's not a center in the NBA. He's ridiculous. He looks he looks huge out there for a start. Offensively, he stepped up as well. He was pretty inefficient, 32%. But 19-7-3, another two blocks, didn't have a steal. He's been ridiculous. He's so good. He might actually be the best defensive player just full stop in the NBA. Otto Porter started, played 12 minutes. He's Someone stood on his toe, apparently. Seriously. This bloke in injuries, like he, there's just something always wrong with his legs. It's really troubling. Um, and we want to talk troubling. What's going on with Scotty Barnes? Is he bad? No, but is he playing bad? Yes. Eight points in 34 minutes. A steal, a block, five rebounds, four assists. Last year, the big thing was Bar- with Barnes was, all right, a starter's out, Barnes is going to step it up. This year, the thing is, a starter's out, Barnes is going to be invisible. 15% usage with no Van Vliet, Siakam, or Trent. Banton took over. Banton, Delano Banton took over while Scotty Barnes stood around and did nothing. Now, I have to give some benefit of the doubt to Barnes. I think that ankle problem has really screwed him up, and it happens so often with players. I've seen this in the past a million times. They have a severe ankle injury. NBA players come back too soon from them, and then they're really hesitant and passive almost the whole season as they just never give it time to heal. It happens so often, all the time. But irrespective of that and benefits of the doubts and reasons, you cannot argue that Scotty Barnes has been as good as last season. He's been, I think, pretty noticeably worse. Does that mean he's a bit of a buy low? Sure. But the problem is is that people frothed this guy. So the people that drafted him drafted him ahead of ADP because they love Scotty Barnes and they took him in round three, meaning you're not going to be able to do it. You can try, but you're not going to be able to do it most likely. Most likely. For the Pistons. Oh. The Pistons. I need to have a break because I need to talk about these blokes. Ooh, I almost swore really badly. I want to talk about these blokes really, really soon. But today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not your standard daily fantasy. It's not your salary cap daily fantasy. You're making entries for player projections. 
They put out a line. Delano Banton over under two and a half points. And if you had gone over today, you would have loved it. Scotty Barnes over under four and a half rebounds. You go over. And you can put up to five of those into one entry. It's fast. 60 seconds are under. Withdrawals are fast and easy as well. And it's not just basketball. You can do it for NFL, PGA, boxing, MMA, women's college basketball, college football, men's college basketball, soccer, cricket, golf, and of course, the big fella, disc golf. Everything that you want is available at PricePix, and it's available in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, PricePix will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50, PricePix will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, that's a nice little palate cleanser. Detroit Pistons. Should I swear? Should I swear? Should I swear? <sighs> Shouldn't I get in trouble? I'll get in trouble. But Dwayne Casey, my guy. What's wrong with you? First game back from an injury. All right, fellas. Marvin Bagley, you are starting. This is the worst team in the NBA. This is the second worst team over the last three years, record-wise, only bested by the Houston Rockets, who also have a bottom-two NBA coach. This team's got a bottom-two NBA coach. Um, I'll talk about Bagley's individual game. It's more the thought process behind it. For all the Troy Weaver defenders out there, oh, but he's accumulated so much, so much value, so many young stars. Sadiq Bay, who got benched for Marvin Bagley. The, the sense of the lineups and the building of this team, it's non-existent. Yes, they lost. I know that they, they didn't have Cade Cunningham. They were playing against Jeff Downton and Delano Banton and got cooked by Delano Banton. The decision-making of this franchise continually, unless something falls into their lap, it's, it's baffling to me. It doesn't make any sense. And then the coaching... The coaching. The coaching. And then Casey's like, oh, no, I love the the double big lineups. (sighs) All right. All right. Okay, let's talk about it. So Marvin Bagley started. He played 29 minutes, second game back from a knee injury. It's a very Marvin Bagley line, and it will entice you. And I'll be honest with you, this is actually a solid enough fantasy line. Now, I am very much anti-Marvin Bagley as an NBA rotation player or starter. Should never have been picked at pick two. Should never have been traded for. Should never have been signed to a $40 million guaranteed contract. Never should have any of that happened. But he had 16 and 5 on 55% shooting. The skeleton of a standard Bagley line is here. He had one steal when someone threw it literally into his head. Like he didn't do anything. It just got thrown to him. He had no assists. He had no blocks. He hit one three in about the first minute of the game. No others. And he somehow hit three of his free throws. All of them. Which he doesn't normally do. Otherwise, it just would have looked very Bagley-ish. It could have easily been. If you miss one free throws... 15 and 5 on 67% free throws, which is a Bagley line. It's great for points leagues. And if you're in a 12 team league, I think he's an ad because Isaiah Stewart did go down here. But the fact that they're going to commit to playing Isaiah Stewart full time at power forward is frustrating to me. Now, the number one question comes out here because, again, if you don't realize we don't see these things, and I really watched, I focus in on this game, is that you see Stewart got injured. He hurt his foot slash toe um, falling out of bounds. Didn't look great. Maybe he misses time. But the immediate thing goes, all right, Stewart's out. So that means that we're grabbing Jalen Duran. I don't think that means that at all. Because in this game, before Stewart got hurt, which is about two minutes to go, or one minute to go in the first half, he had not played at center at all. They said, you're not a center. 
Every one of the center minutes went to Bagley and Duren, and that's what'll happen every game. And the fact that Stewart is out, what that means is it helps Bay and it helps Isaiah Livers more. And it helps guys like Diallo and Burks. Because they don't want to, I don't think, play Bagley and Duran together, which is actually an admirable decision because they'd be terrible together. But Stewart's injury, while if it hadn't happened while Bagley was out, would have meant great opportunity for Duran. The fact that it's happened now while Bagley is here means that he is strictly a power forward, Isaiah Stewart. And that doesn't open up minutes to Duran, in my opinion. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. So... I guess the thing we have to look at is go, yeah, but the coach is Dwayne Casey. So what if he does start Bagley at the four and Duran at the five? If he does that, I, I don't know what I'll say. I'll say something, but that that is possible. And if that happens, then Duran does become an option. But I just think they'll put Bay back in at the four. Bagley will start at the five. Duran will come off the bench and play the 20 minutes or so behind Bagley. And his upside is absolutely capped now. Uh, that's, uh, that's how I see it. Jaden Ivey, really slow start, but 21-4-8 and eight is great. Poor efficiency, but he's got some really good numbers happening at the moment with Kate out. And Hayes only played 24 minutes after exceeding 34 in the last two games. Only six points with three steals and a block. He has steals value. He's got some assist value. Usually just didn't hit him here. While Bay, 9, 6, and 3, 31 minutes. It would have been trending towards a Bay drop if Stewart hadn't gotten hurt. And I'd love to see how many minutes Bay... He only played 31, even though Stewart was out. I'd love to see what Bay does in a game with Stewart out there as a, as a reserve. Because someone's going to miss out. It's going to be Bay or Duran. Someone's going to miss out coming off the bench. And it's really hard for him to get 30 minutes a night unless like guys like Burks and Diallo and um, someone else, the, the uh, Livers, don't play at all. It's going to be hard. Keep an eye on it. Hold him for now. He's not that good. But hold him for now. And we see where it goes. Weird night from Bogdanovich. 6 of 10 from the line. 42% from the field. His red-hot start has cooled way off. He's now down to 79th on the season. Not really um, not really a huge surprise to see him fall away. As for Duran again, I don't think you should add him. It'd be very interesting to see if he appears on the most added players list tomorrow. I can see people doing it because the assumption is that Stewart's gone now, so Duran plays the extra center minutes, and that's not what they were doing. Bagley, because again, that might depend. You might go, well, Marvin Bagley, he was a piece of power forward, Josh. Stewart was the center, so Stewart goes down. Duran plays the minutes. That's not what they did. Bagley is the center. Stewart is the power forward. Stewart going out means Bay, Livers, or play more. Doesn't, I don't think, impact Bagley and Duran. I, I don't think it does. Maybe I'm wrong. And I could be. But in this minute, in this game, they never played together a single second. Duran and Bagley. They, they just didn't. And that is what we've got to watch. Whew. Game three. The Sun, this is going to be a long podcast because bullshit happened. The Suns, they go down to the Heat. 113-112 was your final score. Still, of course, no Chris Paul. So Cameron Payne played 31 minutes, 9-3-5 and five on 24% shooting. Ah, that's bad. But you just keep rolling with him until Chris Paul returns. Booker had 25-8-5, three steals and a block. Really solid game from him. But it was a much better game from DeAndre Aiden if you only look at the points. And the rebound. 16 and 12 is good. 34 minutes is good. Blocks? I, I don't know her. No idea. What, what's a block? He has no idea. Never seen one in his life. Doesn't recognize them. I'm sorry to that man. I, I don't know him. Like, he doesn't know the blocks at all. Free throw attempts? What's that? Do you have to, you have to be aggressive to do that? I guess so. 15% usage. 
Like he got 16 and 12 because he shot 80% from the field. He didn't draw free throws. He didn't take a lot of shots. This could easily have been another putridly miserable line from DeAndre Hayden. This does not indicate a turnaround. Mikhail Bridges, 15-5-2, triple one, just rock solid stuff. And Tory Craig, a nice 14-team league guy. Look, that's not bad. He got a triple one, 10-9. And, nine and, and um, the other big story, though, is uh, Dwayne Washington. Like what? Leonard Shamit was out, so he stepped into that role and just reeled off 21 points in 19 minutes. Because, of course, why wouldn't he? Five threes, four assists. You may remember Dwayne Washington from such scoring outbursts as when COVID hit the paces last season. And then he goes back and does nothing. Do not read into this. Do not chase this. Do not add this at all. Don't care for it. For the Heat, finally, a good game from Caleb Martin. 15 points, all from three. Two steals, two blocks, five rebounds. Great. Awesome. Love it. Cool. Don't care also. More of a 14-team league guy and absolutely a stream guy on days like this. But I'm not holding him and clutching tight knowing that every other game apart from one has been bad this season. Jimmy Butler was very Jimmy Butler. Because he's my butler. 16 and 13, seven assists, triple one, 100% from the line, and bam, 30 and 10. That's a big line from Big Bama. Not much else going on, one assist and no blocks. But how about the 12 or 14 from the line? He's been really good of late, but sometimes it gets obscured by the fact that he's scoring a lot and not really helping in those other areas as much as you'd want. Kyle Lowry struggled with his shot, 15-3-6, while Max Struess also struggled. And like, you know you know what I'm going to say. You can say it along with me. If the shot doesn't fall, what the hell else does he do? And the answer is, not much. 5-3-2 with a steal, 25% shooting. He is still, for now, a 12-team league guy while Hero is out. But he's not a top 100 player on the season. He's not a top 100 player over the last week. He hits points. Or he gets points and he hits threes. That's what he does. And if those minutes drop, 36 of them here, then he becomes very much a uh, fringe sort of player. Fourth game of the day. I don't know how, why it's gone so long. Thunder. Celtics. Are the Thunder... Hmm. Are the Thunder good? Are they pesky? I think so. 126-122. Boston just wins it. The Thunder are up for this one for quite a while. Shade Goodis Alexander continues to be like just ludicrous. I, I think that he is pretty much locked in as a top 10 player. At this stage, a guaranteed all-star. He looks unbelievable. 37-4-8, two threes, two steals, and a block. He took 26 shots, hit 13 of them. Huh? Nine of nine from the line. He's, he has been unbelievable. Top five in fantasy points as well. You got him in, in the 50s or late 40s. People panicked about the knee injury. Far out. Um, I love that. I, what I love the most, though, is Poku played 37 minutes. Alexei Pokyshevsky hurt his ankle, went to the locker room, came back, still played 37 minutes. 16 and 14, two threes, one steal, three blocks. Now, last game, he played 18 minutes. So his game-to-game reliability is a little bit up in the air. But honestly, I don't care. He's top 25 over the last week. He's 104th for the season. He's a must-roster player everywhere. Is the Bronco Jalen Williams must-roster? Must-roster? Not roster. Must-roster. Broncos country, let's ride. No, but 14. Oh, didn't mean to hit that microphone. 14 and six, two threes. And as I have said a lot with this, they wanted to win this game. And he is one of their best four players. So they played in big minutes. There's going to be frustrations, but he is actually going to be quite good. 14 and six, two threes, a block, 67% shooting. 
it's 11% usage. I wouldn't add him in 12s. It's going to be up and down for sure. Like Robinson Earl could easily replace him next game. But you've got to watch him. You've got to put him on a watch list and you've got to probably do it in 14 team leagues. Joshua Giddy had 16, 7, and 4. Rough shooting night, but otherwise not bad. And Lou Dort, speaking of rough shooting, also had 29 points, but on 39%. And unlike Giddy, when his shots don't go in, there's not a lot else happening at the back end there. Five rebounds and one assist for Dorta. Robinson Earl played only 14 minutes. Can't rely on him or Wiggins or Pig Williams or Isaiah Joe or Kenrich Williams, Oklahoma City, Mudflap. But the Celtics, Marcus Smart, he had a little bit of a slow start to the year, but he's able to pick it up and put up some really, really good um, really good performances of late. And we saw that here. 22 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Had some foul trouble, but that's still a spectacular game. Jason Tatum, the blocks, maybe the big block numbers are real. He's like double career rate at the moment. Three steals, three blocks, 27 and 10. He didn't hit the shots that well. One of nine from three, but overall, the counting stats are good. And then Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. 33 minutes, 16 and points, five assists, four steals. Undoubtedly a good game. Brogdon is out. I guess you can stream him. But it's going to be like a battle between him and, say, a Grant Williams, who had seven and seven in 29 minutes. I, I'm not sure that Grant is must roster. And in fact, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a drop once Rob Williams comes back. Is there any upside in Grant? Yeah, there was last game, but Horford and Jalen Brown were both out in that one. So that's what it took to get him into have a big game. Otherwise, he's just like really passive. Two steals for Grant here. That's all right. I probably do hold him, but I don't know. The upside's not really there. Jalen Brown, 26, 6, and 6. JB, you've done it again. Poor from the line, but good overall. We also got some Peyton Pritchard minutes. He defended pretty well. 10 points, two steals, two threes. I don't think we need to care. Uh, particularly strongly about that one for fantasy. The next game. Where's my little button? There it is. That's what she said. Um, the Clippers. 122, the Rockets 106. No John Wall, no Kawhi Leonard. Reggie Jackson, only 23 minutes. He had foul trouble. 17, 2, and 6 with 3 threes. Really good shooting. He's actually top 100 over the last week, Reg, if you can believe that or if you care. I don't. But I can stream him tomorrow because they play. Paul George, 22, 8, and 5. Marcus Morris was solid. Norman Powell was solid as well. 17, 3, and 3. Helped a lot by getting to the line. And you can just have Jackson and Powell, at least for tomorrow. I don't look at them as must roster long term, but this was good. Zubats, 9 and 7. They didn't need to extend anyone really any minutes because it was that easy of a game for them. Terrence Mann scored 14 as well. Honestly, I just don't know what to take away from this game, apart from you know, you're streaming Jackson and Powell and maybe even Mann for tomorrow. But Wall will return. And that would limit a lot of the value there. We also played Robert Covington, who's been out of the rotation. He played 19 minutes and had four and four. Obviously, we are not rostering Robert Covington in 12-team leagues. I referenced it early. But Jalen Green is one of the most obvious bylows of all time. And he's one of the great illustrations of how you can do it as well. He was like struggling. And we're going to talk about it on tomorrow's Bylow Sell High Show. He played 35 minutes. He had 25, 6, and 7. He shot 53%. The seven assists is great. 100% from the line. And over the last week... He's the 15th ranked player. Over the course of the season, he's now inside the top 100. I tweeted this out last week maybe and said, or two weeks ago, I don't know when it was. I said, someone had tweeted out that he's shooting 8% from mid-range. I go, look, that's ridiculous. Like, this smells like a buy low. And I reckon out of the 20 replies I had to that tweet, about five people pushed back and go, oh, I don't know. Not enough evidence to say he's a buy low. Oh, actually, it doesn't smell like a buy low at all. He actually smells bad. No, he's, he might get worse. Like, what? Like, there are just certain things that do not continue to happen. And when you're shooting that poorly, 
It just does not continue to happen when we have seen that that is not the player you are. And I detailed it on that buy low sell high that there was all these things that he was doing, which were well below rookie season numbers. And he was bad for big chunks of his rookie season. There was so much room to grow. Now, is he going to be a top 20 player? I highly, highly doubt that. But he's turned it around. And that should give you a little bit of faith about Jabari Smith Jr. Seven points on six shots is bad. I'm not arguing there. But at some point, he's going to get above 35%. But he had two threes. He had six boards. He had three steals. The other stuff is there. Everything's there. He had 15 rebounds last game as well. The other stuff is there. Just get some shots, mate. Like, hit some shots. And I am confident that when some of the shots go in, the usage will bump up from like 10%. So I am holding Jabari Smith. Tari preseason. Good steals guy. But like I talked about earlier with the Jason Tate news, it doesn't change his minutes because Tate wasn't playing. 15 of them for preseason. He had two steals. He needs Martin or Gordon to go or both. KJ Martin played 21 minutes. He's 8-5. and five. I would rather Eason over Martin in a 12-team league. While Kevin Porter, yeah, it's getting rough, mate. The counting stats are right. 20-7, and seven, three assists, three steals. But 33 from the field and 53 from the line of 15 attempts is brutal. He had really started to fix his free throws early in the season. He has dropped way off, way off. It might be a buy low. He also lost his mind today. He was like getting texts and screaming and couldn't keep himself under control, which of course is the reason that he found himself in Houston. So it's a bit of a buy low, but not a great game. While it was also a little bit of a struggle for the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 16 points in 30 minutes is fine, but not much happening peripherally. Peripherally? Four rebounds, no steals, no blocks, and bad from the line. Um, he'd been really good. He's fallen off a little bit. He's still obviously a must-roster player. And I reckon that's about it for that game. Yeah, it is. The Atlanta Hawks do it again. They beat the Bucks 121-106. Trey Young, 21-3-9. Still can't hit shots. So he's still got a bit of a buy low, I think, with Trey, because the field goal is just horrendous. And Capella, 30 minutes, 19 and 10, two blocks. He is exceeding all expectations, rendering Onyeka Rokongwu useless. I don't think there's any point holding on to a 17-minute, 18-minute night Onyeka Rokongwu in 12-10 leagues. DeAndre Hunter, you got to look at it again and go, that's great. 24 points is good. It's a good number. But he just does nothing else. Four, three rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks. And the 24 points is buoyed by the fact that he had 10 free throw attempts and hit them all. Is that a realistic thing for Hunter? Of course it isn't. So is he a 12-team league ad? I No, I don't think so at all. I wouldn't bother with it. DeJounte Murray struggled a little bit. And after a really hot start, Murray has started to cool off. He's down to 18th now on the season. He's 41st over the last week at 19-8-5. And 19-8-5 is basically the numbers I expected him to hit on average this season. I thought he didn't get a steal here. But 19-8-5 is close to what I had. In, maybe I had him 19-8-6 and a half or something. But it's close to what I had his early season projections at. So don't look at that and go, ooh, that's a terribly down game. It's a little bit down, but it's also, I think he was outperforming a lot of expectations early on. Johnny Collins, much better to get some usage into him. 16-9, a triple one. Still not perfect, but it's heading in the right direction. And interestingly, AJ Griffin in the rotation over Justin Holiday. We don't need to add him anywhere, really outside of like 20 team leagues. But seven points in 17 minutes, because again, Bogdanovich is going to come back and impact that. But the fact that we saw that Justin Holiday has been bad almost every game this season, and Griffin deserves that opportunity. It happened here. He got the chance. Um, whether that means anything as we move forward, I don't know. 
but he was in the rotation and deeper leagues need to pay attention. For the Bucks, Drew was out, Chris was out, Pat Connaughton was out, but Giannis returned. He did hurt his ankle early in the game, Giannis, he played through it, and then he fouled out. 27-8-4, just horrible percentages from Giannis. 38 from the field, 61 from the line. That's a killer, both of those. Javon Carter sort of kept it going. 12-3-6 with two steals and a block. We can just keep going with him until Drew is out. But how about Marjon Beauchamp? 20 points in 34 minutes, really turned it on in the second half. Eight rebounds, a block. I Honestly, that's great for the kid. Well done. I'm happy for his family. I just don't care. Like I don't care at all for fantasy because Drew's going to come back. Chris is going to come back. Pat's going to come back. And Beauchamp's not going to shoot 78%. These things aren't going to happen. Now, I guess there is room for him to get some minutes because Grayson Allen got hurt early and then Wes Matthews got hurt late and we don't know the status of them. But if Allen and Matthews and Holiday and Middleton and Ingles and Connaughton and Green are all out, that's a lot of bloody blokes, then Beauchamp might be a short-term streamer. But that level of production is not going to be realistic. Punchbob had 14 and 10 in his 23 minutes, while Brook Lopez, finally a cool-off game. Actually, he has started to cool off a bit, 71st over the last week, 12 and 5 with no blocks on, only 38% shooting for Brooke Lopez. Obviously, if you added Grayson Allen, you can uh, drop him. He was just a streamer. And if he's hurt, you can't really stream him, can you? All right. The last game of the night was... Uh, it was pretty bad, let's be honest. It was a full smashing by the Warriors. They beat the Spurs 132-95. The Spurs, it's the beginning of their five-game week, and Trey Jones was out ill. We knew there was always going to be some sort of weird thing that happened at some point during the week with a random rest or something. Is it going to happen every game? It's actually quite possible. With Trey Jones out, they started Jeremy Sohan at point guard. Sohan now! Wow, that's the biggest tanking move I've ever seen. 25 minutes for Sohan. He had zero assists. 12 and 7 with a steal and a block. But honestly, like this game was so much of a blowout. Like The minutes for anyone, it's really hard to judge anything. Keep holding Sohan. Keep holding Goldfinger Charlie Bassey, who had 7, 7, and 3 with two blocks. Another strong game. Pirtle played only 20 minutes. Um, the horse, Keldon Johnson. Whose horse is that? 15 points in 19 minutes. He did tweak his knee early. He sat out the final eight minutes of the second half, but he was able to start the second half on the court, so that was good. The problem is they just didn't need him to play. Vassell struggled 6-4 and four in 25 minutes. Just a stinking game by a uh, stinkingly constructed lineup. That's fine. That, that happens. That'll happen to these guys. It was poor. We'll keep an eye on maybe a Jordan Hall. He had 6-3-3 three, and three with two steals. If Trey does happen to miss again tomorrow, that's more of a deeper league situation. And then Kata Bates-Diop, with Sohan moving to the point guard, Bates-Diop had 12-9, and nine, two steals, and two threes. That's good enough to stream if Jones is happen, happens to be out, or if Sohan happens to be out, or someone. There might be someone. Joshie Richardson had 10 points in 25 minutes. Not Nothing great there. And there's not a lot to report from the Warriors because it was a blowout. But what we do know is that Jordan Poole plays better as a starter. 36 points with five threes, 29 minutes, three steals and a block, 65% shooting. He's been bad. But then he started and he was good. The problem is, is he's not going to start most games because Clay Thompson's going to play in him. So we're going to be left in a similar conundrum with Geordie Poole, but this was good. It was also a good game from Anthony Lamb, 17, 4, and 4 in 24 minutes. Nice 16-team league sort of a guy. And Steph had 16, 5, and 5, but no one needed to play minutes. Also, shout out to John Kaminga, who did play pretty well, 15 and 3. Three triples, two steals. But again, what does this game mean? I know it doesn't mean much, but the Warriors won this by 37 points. And one player had a negative plus minus. 
James Wiseman. Minus four. Played the final nine minutes of the game, had two and two. I, I know it doesn't mean much, but the other guy that came in for garbage time, Ryan Rollins, was a plus four. So in that one minute that Wiseman played before Rollins came in, they, he gave up a ton of points. He is so far from being a good contributor. And this, again, it's not indicative, but when you tie it into almost anything he's done throughout his career, it still is somewhat telling, I guess. It's a little bit loud. It's a loud minus four in a game they win by minus seven, where he gave up those points in garbage time. Just tidy up a few other things. Dante DiVincenzo got ejected. Draymond had four, seven, and six. Wiggins had 10, four, and one. But honestly, there's just nothing to really take out of this for most of these players. Like even the big performance from Kaminga, the 26 minutes from Moody, the big game from Poole, the Lamb performance. It's a weird game. They're up big really early. Clay was out. I don't really think there's much that you can take out of it. Let's go to the monstrous line of the night. It was Shea Gildas-Alexander. Again, is it four times he's got it this year, I reckon. The waiver wire line of the night and the young gun of the night is Delano Banton of the Toronto Raptors. And the dud of the night, thanks to horrific percentages, was cousin Kevin Porter Jr. Top 10 players today. Number one, Shea, then Banton, Poole, Pokashevsky, Plumley, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Jalen Green, Devin Booker, and Marcus Smart. Top 10 players rostered in under 10% of leagues. Delano Banton, again, I don't really think that's worth chasing. Caleb Martin's a streamer. Beauchamp, Anthony Lamb, probably not. Derek White, maybe if Brogdon's out, but I don't really think there's great value there. Reggie Jackson, solid for tomorrow. Dwayne Washington Jr. at seven, no thank you. Teo Maladon, maybe deeper leagues while Dennis Smith's out. Number nine is Thad Young. Yeah, a little bit of 12-team value there. And then 10 was Cater Bates-Diop. So just pay attention to see what the Spurs do with their lineup tomorrow. And your top 10 players in points leagues for Monday, Shea, Tatum, Poole, Booker, Banton, Butler, Pokyshevsky, George, Adebayo, and Jalen Brown. And that will bring us to the end of today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you thumb it up, you leave your comments, and you subscribe. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.